Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Photography Bar. It's your usual gang. We've got myself, Rob, we've got Mark, and we've got Cam all here today back in our lockdown virtual bar. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, guys. Hi. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, we had an interesting conversation just now off air, didn't we, about uh, and phones. Cam's just telling us how excited he is to get his hands on the latest Sony Xperia when he does finally upgrade. Um, so we we'll look forward to hearing, Cam, how your experience goes uh, with that upgrade. Because you're a man of your word, and there's no way you wouldn't get that Sony phone because you've said it on air a few times, and I know you're going to get that phone. I did say I was going to... spoke I've... about it so much. I did say Although you did just ask me about the iPhone 12, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I've had an so, iPhone cause, now. Because you, know, you had this debate, Cam. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah, if I could explain myself. <laughs> right. So yeah, I've had an iPhone. Four is for, yours. I've had, a, I've had last few phones have been iPhones, and the one I've got now is coming up to either four or five years. It's a 6S. Yes, it's old tech, I know. And, you know, when you go to buy a new phone, it's a big decision these days. And I've been saying for ages, I'm going to come away from iPhone and I'm going to look at the Sony phones because I think they are really good. I've been saying this for a while. The trouble is, there's not that many providers in the UK <laughs> that do Sony. Uh, you know, the, that's poppycock. No, I don't think there are. So I'm struggling to find a Sony phone in the UK. Had a good No, price. that's rubbish. I, I Googled it a second ago and I found the car phone warehouse. One click, I'd found yeah, a, a, I'm gonna have to a, have a good deal closer. for you. Anyway, enough of the phone. Anyway, anyway, anyway gentlemen, this is not on. the phone bar. It's not the phone bar. It's not the phone bar. So let's move in, Cam. I want to start with you today. You've got an interesting uh, discussion piece lined up for us, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I, ha I have actually. This uh, week end, or two days, in fact, yesterday, was the 84th anniversary of the first instant camera. 84 years. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, you know, we're so used to instant images, taking a picture, seeing it straight away. It's just it's just become the norm. And I remember when I was sort of working professionally and we had Polaroid backs for our medium format cameras. So we take a studio shot and, you know, put the Polaroid back in and peed it back and have a look. It was yeah, it, it was fantastic to do that. It was really it was it was really useful to be able to do it. Save time and it mm. saved cost as well. And I think so much of that now is, is that instant thing, as it were, is now just sort of taken for granted. We really don't think anything of it. But going back to February the 21st, 1947, the Polaroid founder was Ed, uh, Edwin Land, and he developed what was called the first Land camera. And it was, uh, in fact, I'll, we'll put a picture out with a link rather than me trying to explain what it is, but I'm sure you've all come across it in the, in the style. Um but uh, so that was going back to 1947. A year later, um, the Polaroid Land camera, the Model 95, sold uh, in America for $89 and it made more than $5 million in its first year. And that was wow. the one. That model became the prototype for the Polaroid cameras for the next 15, 20 years. Um, and that was an until really, until about 1963, when Polar Color uh, came up with the first cameras to produce color film the first instant cameras that were able to produce color images um move on now to 2008 and polaroid had filed for bankruptcy and they'd stopped making instant cameras can i just jump in there if you don't mm. mind because it's just interesting to me you said that that camera made five million dollars in 1989 mm. no 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 get... not in no not in 1989 oh it, oh, was, it was live spam it, no 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 in 1948 uh, that was when the Model 95 went on sale and it made more than $5 million 
in its first year. Oh, wow. Okay, okay $5 then million dollars worth itself in its first year. Mm, because that means then, so I've just done a little bit of maths here, quick maths, and that's how I operate here. My interns have been drawing up the figures. And $5 million in 1948. Any guesses on how much that is worth today? Oh, oh God, I don't know. A uh, couple of billion, maybe, say... now, I think. A couple of billion, a couple of billion. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Five, uh, five stuff, I'd, I'd have yeah. said something like, um, yeah, maybe... Five, uh, 400 million, something like that. 400 million. Interesting, interesting. Um, Mark's closest is actually really? worth 54 billion just over. Goodness. Um, in fact, I say just over, it's like <laughs> millions <laughs> over, obviously, but it's 54. I'm going to round up to $54.3 billion today from 1948. Wow. It's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. So much so that the, uh, someone's called the emergency services in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they found me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, looking for a stash of Polaroid cameras, aren't they, somewhere? But... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. yeah. I right. bought them all, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, although Polaroid filed for bankruptcy, as we're saying, in 2008, the, 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 the company was sold and there's still been new products that have been coming out. You know, uh, they've got these waterproof cameras uh, analog instant cameras and 3d printers has been part of it as well you know the whole the, the mm. whole world of instant you know and it got me thinking that you know i remember when we used to have to wait days hours weeks for to see the images that we'd shot you know and the way that we are now in that it's so instant we live in a world of everything has to be now you know you you order something on amazon why is it not going to be delivered this evening? I've ordered it. You know, look, I can order it today. It's going to be delivered today. You know, it's just yeah. it's it's just become the norm, and it's the way that we live our lives now. And I'm just as guilty of it. I, you know, I, I do live my life wanting to just get things done. You know, I've just got to get it done because I'm going to be busy doing something else. Something else is going to come up. I'm going to order this. Oh, but you know what? They can't deliver it until the day after tomorrow. I'm not going to wait 48 hours for the delivery of my yeah. new Sony camera or phone, whatever it is. Or, you know, look, I ordered it yesterday and it's 9.30 a.m. and I still haven't had it yet. Or I've not had a notification that of the hour delivery slot that it's going to be delivered. You know, and it's just it just sort of, you know, it's, it's just got me thinking that I don't think it's good for... I don't think it's good for us. I don't think it's good for for our mental well-being. Always expecting things to be done so quickly, you know, whether it's taking a picture and seeing it or waiting for a delivery to come. And I'm going a bit off topic here. Yeah, you know, because we were talking. What's wondering where you're going with that one? It's a bit out of character, <laughs> this cam, isn't it? You don't normally yeah. do this. Quite, well, I'm not sure where I'm going with it actually. Other than that, the whole thing was Polaroid was instant, you know. And yes, it was great, but life's become too instant, hasn't it? Two instant. So you'd be happy if we 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 took you know a couple of weeks as standard to get Amazon deliveries ordered, and you'd be happy oh, to send on, your pages on. off for development still allowed. The no, only sometimes thing time say... turns takes you to turn around some of your editing, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to learn properly, Cam. You have to wait a little bit. You know, there's that classic, yeah. isn't there? There's that classic of um, you see it going around online sometimes where they you know they ask an artist ask an artist for a picture of say Spider Man. And they'll draw like a real crappy, quick five minute thing. Yeah. And you say, and you want the proper one done. And, it, you know, it takes a bit longer. So, yeah, that's right, you yeah. know, <laughs> I would just like to pick up, though. I mean, I'm, I know it's a bit of a tangent about the whole delivery thing, but, you know, before there was online delivery, you'd go to a shop and you'd buy the Sony camera there and you'd have it straight away. Uh, that's true. Yeah, you would. So it's only so online delivery is only like 
competing with what you used to be able to do on the high street, I suppose. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, you're right with as far as the instant images are concerned. I mean, I always think, you know, when, when you think about the old the old manufacturer's Polaroid and, and I'll throw Kodak in there as well, um, especially considering Kodak were sort of at the, the origins of digital cameras and, you know, the sensors and all that kind of stuff. Why both of those companies have really had trouble in the digital age. Um, you know, you think someone like Polaroid, who was that innovative back in 1948, that would create, I know, we have this problem. We all have to wait two weeks, whatever it was back then, to, to see our photos. Mm. Um, and plus, I don't know how many families in 1948 had their own cameras. I, I don't know um, if that's the same as what, what it has been for the past 20 years. Mm. Um, but I'm surprised that a company like that didn't then, you know, fast forward to late 80s, early 90s and thinking digital, that's the way, that's the way it's going. Computers are, and why they didn't innovate. Because for me, you know, Polaroid, because when I was it's in my Jessup stage and this all happened, you know, Polaroid cameras were just producing almost toy-like products. Mm. They had this tiny little thing, which it was a Polaroid camera and it was a sticker thing. And they're about the size of a passport photo. You know, they were producing things like that which is fine as a gimmick, but mm. it's not a serious camera like they were back in 1948. Yeah, well, the thing is, is I didn't realise until I started working professionally that Polaroid was used professionally, that medium format cameras and large format cameras had Polaroid backs that you would put on to take a photo yeah. in a studio. I, I had no idea. My thing about Polaroid, my, my, my view of Polaroid back then was, yeah, it was just a family camera. It was just a, it was a, it was a gimmicky sort of thing. You know, you'd, you'd use to take a picture on a beach or something, you know, that's all it, I didn't realize they had a whole professional range of things. And you'd buy these boxes of Polaroid films for these big Polaroid backs. And that's when it, you know, I started to th sort of think very differently. So yes, I'm very surprised that Polaroid, they, they weren't at the forefront of digital technology. Yeah. You know, and they, and they sort of seem to continue with it. And now when you look at Polaroid and I've got no idea what Polaroid, you know, all the, the new things that go on in the professional world, but it is, it does seem to be this whole Instax type camera you know, printing yeah. out these tiny little image thumbnail images now. They don't, they, they doesn't seem to be anything professional. Maybe there isn't anything professional for the Polaroid market anymore. Well, I think they missed the, 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 missed the boat on it, personally. Um, I, think, I mean, um, far from me, because I'm, I'm no business guru, by the way, <laughs> you know. Um, but just looking back, you know, you're right. I mean, Polaroid backs were almost essential during the... the shoots it was so much easier you know this is thinking back for, for those who don't know what a polaroid back is it's essentially you'd with medium format cameras you could change the back so you take the film back off put a polaroid back on take a shot it's like a test shot so essentially mm. it was doing the job of what our viewfinder sorry what our lcd screens on our cameras do now so essentially you're looking at it before you then waste a film on a shot which isn't so good mm. um you know that was the idea it's like a test shot wasn't it and you know, they, every every studio photographer at the time were using that. I'd, yeah. I'd suggest, and it was bloody um, expensive. Yeah, very expensive, but not as expensive as having to get the model back in or whatever, mm. and the, mm. the darkroom uh, processing and, and and what have you. That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, it. I just feel like they just carried on doing this because the, the Polaroid camera. I mean, who would buy a Polaroid camera now? I mean, that was purely nostalgic, isn't it? Um, a nostalgic mm, yeah. purchase because well, the, people... the Polaroid brand has been revived, isn't it? 
um the i believe a company bought the trademark um so as you say polaroid itself went out of business in 2008 but it, it has been revived um, yeah they got the, the brand Insta- itself I th- yeah i think the camera's called instax aren't they um i don't i don't know if that's a different thing or like, it may is well it right? be maybe oh, polaroid okay. instax i don't i don't really know someone's mm. listening to this now screaming but um or is it but, fuji instax yeah fuji uh, instax yeah, do one i think they? it was yeah. fuji I know the polaroid brand is is back and has been for maybe a couple of years i think yeah. i don't i don't know fully yeah. off the top of my head but it's interesting what Mark says there about companies not seeing into the future, mm. lacking the vision, if you like, because mm. I remember seeing um, some stuff last year about um, Rico, who own Pentax, and um, their CEO is not a fan of mirrorless technology, basically. I believe now, I've just done a little bit of research as we were talking, I believe now that Pentax may have announced some sort of mirrorless system. I don't know 100%. Like I say, I brought this up quickly, but I found a good quote here um, with their CEO talking about um and this is the rico ceo talking about mirrorless and it, the, the the quote has been translated so it sounds a little bit strange but i'll read it as it is it says the, that it is said that even if it is a pentax it should be mirrorless we also have that technology but we would abandon the enjoyment of a single lens reflex camera that looks directly into the subject through the finder takashi takahashi says i cannot do it he ends the statement with so he's not a fan of the, the mirrorless movement so to speak mm. i believe they may and i understand mirrorless now yeah i mean i understand that point of view but business sense i mean you, you're not you're not making mm. business business decisions with your head you, you know mm. that, you're gonna a, get you're gonna, you're gonna a photography get statement isn't yeah it? i mean you're gonna get caught out because you know the older that you get you can, you know you, you get set in your ways you get comfortable certain ways and and i know one thing that i've tried you know, I have done it with certain things in my life, but with a lot of other things, certainly with the job, you know, in the photography world, I think I've tried to keep up to date with techniques and what's going on out there. But I still, you know, I still, I, I try not, try never, try not to think that, well, it's the way I always did it. So I'm going to carry on doing it that way. I don't think I'm really guilty of that. I do try and sort of think, no, there's got to be a new way of doing things. You know, it's got to be a different approach now to doing it. There's got to be a more, uh, you know, uh, efficient process to doing whatever or the equipment that I was using before. This is just a, such old tech now. You know, if I need to buy a new tripod, it'll probably be much stronger than any tripod I've had before, but it'll probably be also much lighter weight as well. You know, pretty made mm. of different materials now. So things move on and you do get precious and we do get stuck in our ways, but for a big company to sort of say, no, look, we're not happy about doing and everything. I know there's the whole retro thing and they say, well, there's a niche there. I don't think it's just know, a niche though. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't, you know, I can see, whichever company it was you say it's pentax and rico yeah, uh, yeah. robert Talking yeah about pentax yeah well, well you know they're gonna they'd probably live to regret it you know well pentax were a massive me. brand but robert it surprised me because rico have gone into they've got their 360 range haven't they the theta uh well, that's all theta? different though isn't it yeah. no, it is but it's still technology so if they're going down the 360 route why are they not why are they not keen or this person is not keen on going down the mirrorless route well, I think he's talking specifically about the Pentax brand there, whereas the, the Ricoh Theta 360 cameras, I think it's like a subsidiary or a different, different lineup. Brand, yeah. or different, different. I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, photography now is, um, we can debate this forever, but, you know, we, we spoke about what might be driving camera sales down, whether it's phones or whether it's lack of interest or whatever it might be. Um photography in general you know camera sales are down due to covid as well so can a company now afford to be niche in in you know what some might say is a struggling market right now 
you know, even for the Especially, most, most trendy sort of cameras. And perhaps that's what Polaroid thought when the digital stuff came out. People will still want to buy our products because, you know, it's niche or, or, or whatever. Yeah. But it comes, and, and, and what we've just been talking about, and we'll sort of move on from it after this, is it comes back to two things, you know, is the first one is, is prints. You know, will we ever go back to, to prints? Are people going to print out pictures? You know, if the Polaroid is a gimmicky type of camera now, or like the Instax and everything, and I'm not knocking it, it just comes across like that. Does that mean that nobody is interested in, in having their their images printed these days? And secondly, will phones take over cameras in the long run? You know, so now, in the I mass market, think, I don't think that um, Polaroid cameras. I don't think that they. I don't think they have any in relation to people wanting to print and people buying a Polaroid style camera, because people might want to print. People might love printing prints um but you can't do much with a polaroid print can you in all, in all honesty so if they if someone's serious about prints they would make they're gonna get prints not but i'm thinking about yeah but i'm thinking about just if they want to just print something out and put into a, like a, a family photo album i mean when was yeah. the last time somebody thought i need to go out and buy a photo album you know you i go think down the to- albums the, the albums um i mean that the, they were declining for a long time um i mean i think the only albums we really, I really have anything to do with a wedding albums, I suppose. Um, I mean, which I think is different. I think, I think people are just more selective as to what they print out these days because you can have it on your iPad or your phone or whatever. Um, you know, I mean, my family stuff. Most people buy things for the wall. You know, it's it's a, a framed thing for the wall because you do see that every day. You don't have to turn on a device. And I think we've had this conversation before, haven't we? On another sure part, have, but yeah. but. Yeah. but I think that's where you get the best value for money. And I say that to my clients, you know, yes, I sell the USB. You can go for that. But I personally think you're going to get more value for money when having that one picture, which is in on your living room wall. And you see it every time you walk into that living room and enjoy it apart from having to turn on a phone or, or, or whatever it is. I, I, that's, that's my personal thing about it. And that's not against technology. That's not against digital. It's just about, you know, maybe one day it'll be a, it'll be a digital frame instead of the printed frame, perhaps maybe, but to have something that you see on the wall. And I always thought that about albums as well. I, I think albums fall into that same category, you know, it's on the shelf. You have to get it out and look through it rather than having it on the wall all the time. And that's where day, USBs are. I suppose modern day albums are the photo books. You, you know, you can go to, yeah. there's loads of places you can go and get photo books, um, you know, printed and you do you use drag and drop software and whatever and anyone can go online and, and and do those photo books so i guess they're the new albums but i mean i remember the days going back years ago when we used to have woolworths and they used to have a photo, huge photo album range and boots tended mm. to before but i've never really looked Just I wonder, as well i wonder if boots still do like you know the traditional you know photo album now i'll have to um, ask my wife yeah yeah <laughs> she you know, works. yeah boots. well that'd be really because you know how many photo albums now if you know if you go to local snappy snaps and we haven't got one nearby but, um you know i wonder if snappy snaps have a huge range of photo albums and whether people still buy them or whether it's people of a certain age it's all printed <clears throat> digital books now isn't it that's just you know, it yeah like you've got blurb yeah. haven't you yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of blurb or not but yeah. um i know yeah, some was, of yeah. our customers yeah, have was... used blurb to take the digital files and yeah and and make their own little books out of it and you've yeah. got things like the, the um, i'm not giving a free shout out here but i will do um it's it's a free prints have you seen that advert going around the free prints app? No. um you basically get free six by four prints basically the cost of the printing is all wrapped up in the postage that's how they make the money oh, and you right. spend more and things like that but they've got free prints they've also got free photo tiles free photo books etc cetera, etc cetera. 
and they're pretty limited in design for the free versions, but their aim is to upsell you basically in the app. Yeah, yeah um, But that is what people have now. It's it's printed on paper, like photo books to look back through. And they're done through, you know, they're not necessarily done through professional kind of services that, that we might offer. They're done through straight to consumer things like free prints or, um, yeah. you know, you've got uh, uh, your GoDaddy, not GoDaddy, that's domain names. <laughs> you've got like Funky yeah. Pigeon and Moon Pig that do that yeah. sort of thing. And yeah. um, there's other ones as well. Yeah. Blurb, as I say, but that's, you know, they're not, they're not, they've almost like cut the photographer out. Yeah. And, uh, and they're getting well the printer out perhaps yeah well i'd argue that they out. are the printers though aren't they hmm. well yeah i suppose uh again you gotta you can't knock the photographer out because someone has to take the photo yeah i suppose but i mean at least at the at the transaction point they've they, they're not they've not they've not got uh they're not looking at the photographer as the one providing the service they're looking to give their service no. or printing to someone that's already got pictures if that makes sense so, yeah no yeah, yeah yeah and i was going to say it's, i know what you're saying though i was mm. going to say i was going to first of all i was going to say it's quite sad but maybe it's not sad it's just the way that we do things you know people are now looking at their photos and their albums through flicking through the thumbnails on their phones and it's the phone yeah. you know and swiping and you know that's what's really replaced maybe, the album I yeah think. maybe it's not maybe it's, it's wrong to say it's sad it's just 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 what people are doing now you know and um but then people have got their photos with them all the time. They carry their albums with them all the time, you know, and I know on social media and things like Facebook pictures will pop up that people have posted years ago. And it's just a reminder, you know, three years to this day, this is what happened. You look at a picture and you think, Oh, wow. You know, it's incredible. It's, you know, so, you know, maybe, maybe we're looking back at those pictures more now, um, you know, than if they were in a photo album. You know, uh, you know, where you, where you get together with your family and start looking, but there's still a lot to be said for that. You know, I think it was special moments. These days, it's very easy to say to somebody, "Hey, have you have you seen this picture on my phone?" And you sort of look at it, and you don't pay as much attention. Whereas if it was a a print that somebody actually handed over to you, have yeah, a look at this. You'd, you'd sometimes pour over that print and then pass it round. Well, here's uh, a question for you. Times I mean, have changed. Uh, have you have you guys got a photograph in your wallet? Um, no. I did have, I you know, <laughs> no, yeah, I do you know, do you know, I haven't now, but I used to, no. you but know. I've got a photo on my phone. Screen. But you got a photo on your, yeah. on your phone. Yeah. 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 I do too. And that's like <laughs> and, replace the, the picture of your child in the wallet yeah, or family in the wallet. So that's, Robert, that's, I, and that's my point. Yeah. So Robert, can I just ask you, cause I know the picture that you've got on your phone is of your little boy. Okay. But what was the picture that was on your phone before your boy was born? Can you remember? Um, it was just like a mix of like different landscape photography that I liked. You know, like mm. you kind of set your, your desktop backgrounds to be something that's a bit yeah. inspiring or a bit creative. Yeah. I just did that on my phone, really. Right. Okay. And very that's... rarely a personal photo, but it yeah. is now. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. But you wouldn't right, put yeah. it in your wallet. You put it on your phone. No, that's right. Yeah. Because right. yeah. mine's a picture yeah. of Jordan Henderson lifting up the Premier League trophy. I'm not sure what I think to now, that. Now, that's fine yeah, to have that on my phone. Well. It's a really bad lo- uh, resolution one, isn't it? As now, well. that's, that's, now, that's on, that's on my phone. Now, I wouldn't necessarily have a picture of that in my wallet because then that would be worrying. Okay. But to have, it, <laughs> to have it as a screenshot on my phone, right, is fine. But, to, <laughs> but if I'd have a little print of that, done specially for my wallet then that would be worrying you me. won't be doing that this season will you <laughs> <laughs> moving on moving on yeah moving <laughs> on okay right so, Robert. okay guys yeah so i want to talk about something a bit different uh, it's been a little while since we spoke about covid19 
um obviously we we stopped giving our sort of business updates or lockdown updates because there was only so much we could talk about from a business perspective um but i'd like to talk about um covid here in a different sort of way because uh, i came across an interesting uh, article on and i'll say the the sites because you know they've they fed me this article well they didn't directly feed it to me but i discovered it on their site and it's petapixel um it's a really good site so i'll put the link out there but um we've come across an article basically uh, talking about a doctor uh, working uh, in los angeles his name's dr scott cobner i hope i've said that right cobner cobner um dr scott cobner and um, he is an amateur photographer um, as well as a full-time doctor. So he doesn't take photos professionally for a living, although he has now been printed in the New York Times, which is pretty cool. Um, and um, yeah, he basically has, has been documenting the, the struggle and the battle and the scenes behind the scenes, if you like, um, in the hospitals in his off time. So basically he'll finish his, his shift uh, at the hospital and then he grabs his, his Leica M6 or his Leica M10, Cam will love that, um, and uh, and he starts documenting what's going on there. So, and some really, you know, he's taken some really, really powerful um, kind of jarring, if you like. I don't know if jarring is the right word, but just visually striking images, uh, you know, the hot, documenting the horrors of of what's going on in these hospitals. And I think for anyone out there that um, for whatever reason doubts um, what's said on the news, you take one look at these photos and you realize actually what these workers and um, victims of the virus, if you like, are, are going through. And, um, you know, like I say, we'll put this link out on, on the website and you can scan, scan through the images and see what you think, but they're all black and white. They've got a, quite a grainy, dark look to them. Um, and uh, yeah, they're just really, really striking images. There's a particular one that um, Dr. Scott Cobb even pointed out as well. And it's one where one of his colleagues are trying to revive someone that's basically flatlined. And you can see this, this panic, this worry, this sadness in the, the doctor's eyes. And um, it's just a really kind of hard hitting shot that kind of reminds you actually, you know, we do all get fed up of, you know, at times hearing about things on the news that relate to us you know but you forget actually there's people out there dying there's doctors and nurses out there dying doctors and nurses out there working ridiculous shifts not being funded correctly possibly depending on where you are and um, that's a different topic um but you know there's all sorts going on and these images are a reminder of that so you know i'd advise anyone to have a look at these and i know i'm going on a bit of a monologue here but i couldn't help but be reminded of um Mark Cleghorn, when he was on our show, sort of around this time, well, a bit later than this time, but maybe March, April time last year, talking about, you know, are we out there documenting the pandemic? Um, or if we're not, why aren't we doing that? I remember he was talking about that and it was really interesting. And it's good to see this type of photography, you know, a real kind of exclusive look at what's going on behind the scenes in a hospital, because you wouldn't normally have that sort of access, would you? I think when you know when you look at pictures like this and as you scroll through them I don't think we've got really got any idea of what's really gone on you know in hospitals and and you hear you hear about the medical industry you hear about the doctors and the nurses and the consultants and you know basically on their knees and working the hours that they are and seeing everything that's going on and I think and, and we really don't have any idea um, and these images, I think, really do help you get some sense of urgency, you know, um, about what's about what's gone on. 
um, and looking through them, you just find that, you know, that, that there's a lot of insensitivity um, and you can't blame people because we, there's only so much we can take. And sometimes people just block it sort of mentally and everything. Um, I mean, I do know four or five people that have passed away from COVID um, either really through friends of friends, really. Um, so not directly related. And, and I, I guess because I haven't had that, I'm slightly removed from it. But I think images like this should be sort of made far more widely available. I think more people should see them. And I've become a little bit insensitive to some of the news and whether that's me just not, well, not becoming insensitive to news, but I've avoided listening to, avoided listening to too much news. In fact, it was suggested by a number of people. A lot of people said that, you know, don't, don't, don't listen too much to what's going on, you know, to take in maybe one news bulletin a day or something. There's a period when I'd have the radio on all day, every day listening to it. Um, and I've sort of shut myself off from that, mainly possibly because, you know, the work and, and things are more COVID safe now as well, generally, where wherever you go and people wear masks and that type of thing. But coming right directly back to these images, the fact that they're in black and white and the fact that they've got this grainy feel just gives them that 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 more of a gritty feel. I, I wonder if it is the camera. I wonder whoever did the black and whites, whether they made them that much more grainy, whether that, that was intentional. Um, but, I mean, these are definitely real photojournalist images uh, taken... Uh, it's, it's what photojournalism is all about. Should just add that um, I actually got something wrong here. It's, it wasn't the New York Times that printed his images. It was obviously the Los Angeles Times, which is where these pictures are taken. Um, and he did also need to add that um, he didn't just snipe these pictures. Every patient he took pictures of um, consented to the pictures being taken, as did the hospital in giving him permission to do it as well. So um, kind of the ethics of photography as well, obviously for such a sensitive um, kind of, uh, situation you know you wouldn't just do that without getting permission would you and I think it's interesting about what you were saying Cam about how I think as as a population you know we, we've gotten a bit blasé it's blah I'm not sure if blasé is the right word but you know we've been this is a year old now almost isn't it the, the, the whole Covid thing and the, the difference between how we feel about being in lockdown now to how it was when when it first happened in last March April time it's massively different. And I do always think, you know, when, when you hear stories of World War II and, you know, what it was like living in London at that time and, you know, my, my I'd imagine if I was around the time, you'd be scared every day. But actually, when you come to three to four years in, it's kind of like this is every day now. So you, you do almost numb to it. And when you actually see pictures like this, it actually does remind you of actually what's going on because, you know, there is it's, it's some horrifying things going on, you know, especially in hospitals where they're on the front line. And, you know, it must be very stressful, very, very hard. And I think these images capture that perfectly. And it just reminds us all that, yeah, OK, you know, I, I don't want to uh, dismiss the mental health issues of being in lockdown. Um, but, you know, worrying about when when I'm going to be able to go abroad again is is, is not that much of an issue compared to what what's going on on the front line really um yeah looking through the comments uh sorry go on robert well i was just going to say um you know looking from a purely a visual perspective these this is the type of photography that um is absolutely like my favorite type of photography i would say um and i don't mean that in the sense that i love seeing pictures of people struggling or whatever i i don't mean that at all obviously i mean from a just from their realism um from their what they're documenting that's that type of documentary photography real 
photojournalism that is that it's you know it's it's great to see lovely pictures of places and whatnot i love all that as well obviously but pictures that come with a message that that really show something that really document history in a quite a raw way um a lot i love that um style of photography um and you know it's really they have a real importance these pictures um so thank you to all those people that gave consent to um dr cobner because you know without their permission and the hospitals we wouldn't see that side of things not in the same way at least Hmm. And something I mentioned going back um, uh, on a previous one about, you know, how we first got into photography and everything. But I remember when I was at school, I wanted to do photojournalism. That was what I wanted to do. And then that eventually eventually led to, to just photography, really. But I think this is part of the reason why photojournalism is, is and again, it, let's not sound insensitive. This is not to be insensitive, so I don't want to take anyone to take it the wrong way, but this is what photojournalism is about. This is what's exciting about it, recording real real stuff that's going on and documenting things. And and some of them have that that where, where the viewer is, is really encapsulated by looking at those images. And as you scroll through those images, you know, you can make up your own story about it, but they are, but they get you these images. And um, reading some of the comments on those, uh, a lot of the comments that people have put in the article uh, was about getting permission from the patients and from the hospitals. And obviously he's got permission, he's doing it. And there's, and faces where they are being shown, because I think there are patients where you do see the faces. They've obviously, um, you know, uh, he's obviously had permission to do it, but generally there is a, a, a a real blanket ban for or a huge ban certainly for for not showing any faces i know i've seen on the news reports and whenever say sky news and went in and did or bbc went in and did an extended report in the hospitals you'd never saw anyone's face it was always blurred out um so i think we've got to have, have to be careful for that and journal pho photographers uh, let's say or paparazzi whoever have been known to be uh, a little bit cheeky so we say in taking photos that they shouldn't have taken in the past um but i think this is different and i think most people have respected that i don't think anything's come out where there's no one's taken any photos that have been released where it's sh where they shouldn't have been taking photos um but this was but I'm sure there are a lot of photos that have been taken by photographers where we can see patients' faces, but they're actually being stored somewhere. And we might see them further on down the line in many, many more years to come, because I think it's all been documented very, very closely. So I think in years to come, we're probably going to end up seeing a lot more of what really happened in the hospitals uh, in a more gritty way. But yeah, really good find that, Robert, I think. Yeah, I just thought it was you know just worth it's worth mentioning because i mean obviously it's always really hard to talk about uh things visually on a podcast and so we'll put that link out on on our facebook and we'll share the pictures and make sure you do all go and take a look at those because um yeah hopefully you'll find them interesting that's right yeah out of this world which goes on to yeah <laughs> to, to, to yeah to, to, to what i've been loving well yeah i mean obviously the news recently has been for the past year really has been dominated by COVID-19 um, but there has been some good news and some e extraordinarily amazing feats of human ingenuity um, that has been reported on in the past week or so um, and that's the Perseverance rover landing on Mars. Have any of you seen the images or anything like uh, that? Do you know I've only seen a couple. Um, and... There's only a couple out to be fair. Oh, right okay yeah okay well I've seen them then. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's three that I've seen so far so there's the first one that they took when when landed so that's the first one from from uh, the surface of Mars from this this particular rover. Uh, there's one where you can see the rover descending 
towards the surface, which is probably my favorite image. And then there's another one, which is taken by, you can see the rover's wheel, but you can actually see some rocks. And these rocks look like they've got holes in, which the scientists are really excited about because that could mean there was life and you know all this kind of stuff, you know, with water and whatever. Um, I, I mean, we've, I, I suppose if, you know, I'm sure everyone has seen and, and, and knows what's going on with it. Um, and, and I won't bore people to death with too much of the technical spec, but um, I have been looking into the cameras and things that um, that the rover has been using. Oh, I was wondering actually, um, if we knew what cameras they were using. Yeah. Well, they, they haven't been specific on makes. I mean, I'd imagine NASA had a lot to do with the making of these cameras. Um, I, I'm not sure. Perhaps I had help, but it's, it's, I haven't really. It hasn't been said. Um, but there are 23 cameras in total um, on the rover. Um, you've got nine engineering cameras, you've got seven science cameras, and then you've got seven cameras for the entry, descent and, and landing cameras. So some of these cameras are for sort of utilities. So, you know, for example, driving around. Uh, some of them are for bringing information back. I mean, I think they can all bring information back. And then you've got some cameras that basically look at the rover itself to make sure that certain parts are still working and all that kind of stuff. And it's just amazing really when sometimes, you know, if I'm in the middle of a field or a forest somewhere, I have, I struggle getting a live video onto my phone and the footage that they can get from Mars <laughs> is just incredible. I mean, I've been looking at some of the specs on some of the cameras and um, the cameras, uh, some of the engineering ones are 20, 20 million pixels. So these aren't like small cameras. I mean, as in, in, in resolution, um, they are very, very light though. Um, so some of these cameras are like less than 425 grams, which is not even a pound. Yeah, yeah. So if you... <laughs> how heavy our mirrorless and slrs are <laughs> and uh, yeah and and they can they can bring out the this kind of resolution and, and it's going to be color resolution and, and video and stuff and it's all been transmitted from mars yeah over, i think i think here. we take that for granted a bit don't we um yeah. that that's actually that's being beamed from i don't know what the distance is i'm going to find out now no, actually well one of those images there that the, the one where we're sort of looking at the image overhead that's actually a still from a video it's that's what's actually also incredible about it it's actually still from a video you try taking a decent still from a video right um now generally that you shoot even from a say if you're out on a wedding or something you know you can tell that it's you know yeah it's, it's okay but it's not you know it's not going to compete with any camera you know and that's i think that's what's even more staggering is that it's taken from a still from a video as well it's that good they're using some of these cameras so they can see you know, we got because although it can drive itself, I think, for a certain amount of time and, and, and distance, but it is being driven by NASA drivers. I don't know if that's uh, pilots. I don't, operators. Know, I don't know what you call. <laughs> operators. There we go. You know, drone style from from America. And they're using these cameras obviously to see where they're going. So that means it must be a live feed and when they're no, driving. Yeah, the thing is, did it not did it not take three I don't know, I'm completely wrong here, whether I read somewhere that it took something like three months for that image to come back. Is that right? Uh, no, it wouldn't have taken three months. No? no. no it's only just landed. It's only just landed. Right, ah, oh, okay. Um, there was something there where it said, whether well, it must have been something else I was reading because there's been some there's been some other stuff previously, isn't there? Maybe it was something like that. But, but 
it's staggering the um the the the, the quality of it <laughs> considering it's it's got so far to travel stats here uh, on just how far it is so currently mars is 211.2 million kilometers uh from where we are but at its minimum distance when the planets are orbiting uh, around the sun at different uh, positions the minimum distance is 33.9 million miles um, sorry, million miles or 54.6 million kilometers. So um, quite a way, no matter what way. Quite a way. Yeah. yeah. So how long did it take for it to get there? Do you know what? Um, I mean, several months, I'm assuming. To be honest, I only looked at the camera spec. I didn't look at the uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the, the mission stuff for that. But um, Okay, so it says here the camera's made by, by the hazard. Hazard cams. It, it sets cams. Well, there's, there's nav cams, there's hazard cams, there's different okay. types of cams. Right. I think okay. they're just the names of the cameras rather than it being the brand. Rather than the brand. Um, right. okay. That'd be a yeah. cool name yeah. for a brand, though, wouldn't it? The Nikon, yeah. whatever you just said there. Hazard. Yeah. <laughs> the hazard. Um, but I just found out. Oh, yeah, the, the has cams are to help it drive. It the, the the mission started on July 30th last year, so it's taken that long. Right. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's taken yeah. several months, isn't it, to get there? Yeah. Yeah. But what they are doing is they're, 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 they're drilling samples. They're putting these samples into tubes and they're leaving them on Mars because they believe in about 2031, they're going to have a, another mission that's going to land and be able to pick these samples up and bring them back. Right. Which is nuts. Yeah, that's too long. We talked about instant delivery earlier. You know, <laughs> you, you're not impressed out. there, Rob. It, well, the, the, the Mars Perseverance rover needs to get Amazon Prime, doesn't it, basically? <laughs> <laughs> I also Terrible, like yeah. the images. I noticed that when it landed, that there was a photographer taking pictures of the NASA team. You I know, thought you could say there was yes. a photographer on Mars as it landed. <laughs> yeah, <imagine laughs> right. We've got. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sorry, carry on. He, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, um, uh, yeah, no, there was a photographer there taking pictures of the, of the NASA team. They're all, you know, fist pumping and everything. And, you know, and and shouting and cheering, and I thought they would. Yeah. I bet you they've made some really good pictures. You know, from that that journalistic point of view as well. Um, those are those images are ones that will go down in history as well. And I was watching on the news, and this photographer was sort of roaming around, taking some pictures. I thought, wow, that's a great opportunity to to be there at that moment in time, shooting those images, especially if you were yeah. the only only photographer. Um, you know, uh, there being able to do that. You know, that's yeah. uh, that's pretty Absolutely. lucky, isn't it? I'd actually realise. I mean, we have put um, a link. Sorry, I was just about to say, we have put a link to that website where you can see those pictures already. Um, we, we put a post a couple of days ago. So please check that out because there's loads of information on the rover, more images coming from the rover. But like Cam was saying, those pictures of of of, of the control center and things, they're all on there. Mm. And the thing is, I think, you know, the technology that's been used, if, if this is what they can get, you know, um, they're probably using the highest technology that's available anywhere. It's probably not even used in cameras that that, that we're using at the moment. It's all going to filter down, you know, and and we're going to see. And they're probably doing some research into the cameras. I bet you there's a lot of research that's that's happening with camera technology on this on this Mars thing as well. Um, and I think they're going to come back with a, a you know, they're going to take they're going to take that another step further, aren't they, from what they find out, because they're going to be looking at quality of images. They're going to say, look, you know, these images aren't sharp enough for whatever reason, or we need better cameras, or the next time the mission goes, we're going to need these cameras to be able to do this or that or whatever it is. And even severe, even dealing with severe temperatures, whether it's cold or whether it's high heat or something, you know, so it, it's going to be interesting how years down the line, how some of, some of their research is going to go, 
it's definitely going to affect camera technology i would have thought well also the distribution of of the the files i mean we've spoken about this a couple of times now about uh, the images going from camera to your computer so someone's editing at the same time i mean this is that technology isn't it, it is, yeah, <laughs> all the right, way yeah. from mars coming yeah. back i mean you know that that's that's the incredible thing yeah about yeah. that yeah. no one's going up there to pick up the sd card are they <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, anyway. yeah you know someone's going to go there and get married there one day don't you and the photographer's going to be yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i'll be long dead before that happens to be honest it's going to happen the photographer will go with him brian and green with a photographer first wedding ever on mars here's the pictures uh, tom cruise is going into space isn't he so he why is, not? isn't he <laughs> all right guys well i think that's everything for today's show am i right in saying actually it's just one more thing i just wanted oh. to say sorry it's, it's nothing about the mars stuff yeah, um yeah. but um basically uh, i was having a chat uh, uh, with one of our fans gaz and you know, I said a joke last week about how many how many photographers it takes to change a light bulb. Yeah. Um, but he had a different version of the joke, or, or, <laughs> or he said he changed it a little bit. So how many photographers does it take to change a light bulb? Don't takes know. three. It <laughs> takes three. So one to take it, one to tell you how they would do it better, and one to tell you which light bulb he used, the power and intensity, and how much better his light bulb is than yours. <laughs> so yeah. well done gaz i really enjoyed that that was brilliant so gareth Parkinson, that was good man. thanks thanks gareth good stuff okay guys uh let's wrap things up there um so guys make sure you like the photography bar on facebook like us on twitter like us on instagram all of our links are in the episode description so head over to there and uh and just make sure you give us a follow make sure you share us tell your mum and dad tell your son tell your daughter tell your best friend tell your best friend's best friend if it's not you Tell everyone you can. We need to spread the word here, okay? We're going to take over the photography world, and the only way we're going to do that is by working together. So, guys, regardless of which camera brand you use, join the movement. Let's do it. And uh, we're going to catch you on the next episode of The Photography Bar. Bye.